dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lines how's it going uh it's going well because i spent the last two weeks uh having gotten good and the way i did that was by taking a normal blue ninja and grafting a bunch of cybernetic components onto him and now he is a good ninja. You see, judging by my playthrough, I actually would make the argument that there is X amount of good between the two of us, and somehow you siphoned the good away from me because I have spent the last two weeks getting not good, getting ungood, as it were. So, so yeah, now like I, what, what I need to know <laughs> is uh, once the scales are shifted, how do I never allow them to shift back? <laughs> Uh, that that therein, as the bard would say, lies the rub. So what did we play? We played Ninja Gaiden 2016 or 2021 or 20, whatever. 2077. Which 2077. I think is funny because there's, there's, yeah, there's all that stuff with Cyberpunk, though. And like, so, yeah. yeah. I also, uh, when I was streaming, I called it Ninja Gaiden 2021. And I think I actually tricked a few people, which I sort of felt guilty about. And also was like, haha. Yep. We played Cyber Shadow. Which, uh, we're going to get into this. Um, it's not Ninja Gaiden. It is not Ninja Gaiden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, but I do feel bad for people who go into this game. Uh, like you, for example. Not like mm-hmm. me, but only like mm-hmm. you. Uh, mm-hmm. who, would, who would say like, oh, look, it's like a modern Ninja Gaiden. Just like Shovel Knight is a modern DuckTales um, or Link 2. So uh, that actually brings me to uh, my new nostalgia experience for this, which is this is a game produced by Yacht Club Games, which is literally all of the information I needed to decide that I was probably going to play this. Uh, Yacht Club Games developed and produced Shovel Knight, that whole series. Mm -hmm. And then this game was developed by someone else and they saw it and they were like, yes, please. And so they... Uh, gave him uh, money and some like development or developmental assistance, uh, some the connections with musicians and stuff, right? Like they, they, they threw their corporate weight behind it, the corporation of like 20 people. Uh, but that was enough to get me excited. Cause it was like, these people know games and I trust them to only back something good. Um, I don't normally have that kind of brand loyalty. So when I realized like, Oh, I'm going to throw money at this, literally just on the company it keeps i was like huh this is how some people do all of their shopping so so you investing on brand was off brand for you correct okay yeah that's (laughs) clear as mud um so my nostalgia experience for this was uh you saying hey you know what we should play we should play ninja gaiden uh as a prelude to cyber shadow and I, <laughs> I said, uh, yeah, sure. Um, Neo Ninja Gaiden is uh, one that like is is part of you know like the the pop culture. And I was like, we got it, we got it, we got to play this eventually. And, but then I've got this nice 
awesome nostalgia game that will be like way more relaxing and way more fun and, and all sorts of stuff afterwards. So it was really uh, jarring for me to have that freaky Friday <laughs> on me, you know, like, <laughs> Cause, cause then, cause I thought that, <laughs> I thought that I was going to play it. So then when I played Ninja Gaiden and, uh, and it was like a, a relative cakewalk, I was like, Oh, I thought that I was going to have to eat my Brussels sprouts to get to this delicious chocolate cake. Uh, and then I, I ate the Brussels sprouts. I'm like, Oh, these aren't Brussels sprouts. These are chocolate truffles. Fantastic. <laughs> and then the cake was, was made out of Brussels sprouts. And again, you know, it, cause it's going to come up is that I, I really struggled with this game. And so I've, I've tried my best to be as scientific as I can about like my notes. <laughs> I actually, I, I went, I went and I did some research on this. I know, I know, but it, I didn't like go to the internet to get other people's like opinions and stuff. Like I, I timed how long it took me to do things in the game. And then I went back to Ninja Gaiden and timed similar things. So that way I could get like two different times. But I was like this, we, we, we said like, yeah. it's, the, it, it's about the mens rea and it felt like research. Like I felt like I was doing research and I, and I was like, ah, this is, yeah. this is way too close. I, I think it's what it really is, is, you know, you tried, you cared and there's only like one or two games a year where you put in any effort and so oh, that, yeah. that feeling is so unfamiliar and foreign to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Normally I just kind of walk in, lay it down and, uh, and then walk out. But this time I was like, Oh God, is this it, trying? Is this what trying feels? Am I, am I saying that word right? <laughs> trying? Is this, ew, this is awful. What is it in, uh, in next generation? He's like, Q becomes a human. He's like, Oh, Oh God, my stomach. I'm dying. Q you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly like that. So uh, um, this game, uh, just so you know, so I know it's a new Stouch game, but I don't want to get my wrist slapped by the audience. Uh, this came out in January of 2021. Uh, we are recording this in mid February of 2021. Um, I don't go out of my way to do this kind of like, oh, let's play the game super close to its actual release date. Uh, but this is one of those games that I think I literally said to you. If you don't want to play this for nostalgia goggles, that won't change anything. I'm going to play this no matter what. So I knew like the second this game releases, I'm going to have it in my hands and hopefully enjoy it. So it's not only is this recent, but like I played the whole thing and then had to go back and like play a little more because there was a delay before we were going to record. So like I, I hit it hard. Yes. Yes. Uh, and uh yes and so that brings us to shilling yeah um because shilling is always new and classic it's an instant Mm -hmm. classic uh Mm -hmm. so this game uh i mentioned you know i I streamed this on twitch come on over and hang out on twitch uh thank you for followers people on the twitters people on uh the patreons um we actually uh one of our listeners just gave us a lovely shout out uh on his uh youtube channel which was super sweet of him um that 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 kind of stuff, you know, we say it all the time, but it it will always be true. The the lovely things people say on iTunes review or Apple Podcast reviews, uh, the you know cool things people talk about with us on Twitter and and the kind of conversations I get to have on Twitch and stuff like that's it, it, it's all it's all the joy. Um, for the people who want uh, the banana split to have a cherry on top, uh, who show up and donate a little bit on Patreon if they can, uh, they have the opportunity to get their name shouted out. Uh, so that brings us to thanking our 8-bit classic, Michael S., 
and our two 16-bit heroes, Jacob K. and David S., who I insist is still not me wearing a mustache. <laughs> so we should reach out to our, um, our, our 8-bit classic and 16-bit heroes and uh, see if they want like a cool you know, middle nickname, because I feel like this, this segment would flow a little better if it was like, you know, David, the Mac S, you know, or something like that, you know? Yeah. Maybe, you yeah. know, what is eventually, uh, you get to a high enough tier on Patreon where it's like, we'll shout out the name you want us to shout out, <laughs> not your actual name. We'll call I mean, you whatever crazy thing you want. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's weird how, you know, especially with, with our generation, you know, like my my handle sifu underscore g was just one that i picked like when we took the sifu test and it was super important to me it's still very important to me that that's a, a title but at the same point in time it's it's here we are 10 12 years later and still when somebody's like hey we need you to register his name i sifu g you know that's just if somebody asked if i donated some something and they said hey we want to shout you out i'd be like don't not george Wedge, it's sifu g that's so yeah. sorry i need you to use my handle yeah that's the way it goes uh speaking of handles visuals god that that was so flawless that so, transition yeah buttery just buttery smooth, smooth. <laughs> like like a fine silk um <laughs> so i'm actually going to jump off that the the visuals in this game are like a fine smooth silk because they are th- this is something i've realized uh i don't think this is just true for our generation or people kind of our age but the more games do with pixel art where they intentionally restrict themselves to uh, what you might call like the phantom zone where they're not emulating what the Nintendo or the Genesis or the super Nintendo could do. They're kind of emulating this like middle console that never existed. Like what if it, it exists was in, in our minds and, and in our hearts, but what mm-hmm. if we built a console that was like a super nintendo no wait but you know what i mean <laughs> well if it was like a, a nintendo which was like 32 bits but <laughs> more powerful like twice as powerful less less bits but more bits except all the bit i mean this is exactly the problem is they have virtually unlimited computing power so the the barriers they choose are arbitrary what mm-hmm. matters is if they choose the right barriers it feels right you know shovel knight could not have been played on an original nintendo but it feels like it could this game could not have been played on an original nintendo but it feels like it could and i just love that style of pixel art like because they're shooting for nostalgia they're like remember how good this looked it looked just like this it didn't look like this it looked just like this (laughs) and that's this game all over like everything just looks so nostalgic like it's it's like your your child lizard brain is like oh yeah this is what ninja gaiden looked like there's nothing like what ninja gaiden looked like go back and look at screenshots from ninja gaiden 2 and ninja gaiden 3 that game looked like crap yeah certainly by comparison um and i think that you know because the human brain being what it is is that your brain kind of takes the snapshots of the best stuff so i'm thinking of like mega man 6 when you jump and fight the giant ape you know mm-hmm. boss right so your brain remembers that as like this epic boss fight and obviously if it was an, an epic boss fight it was against this epic parallax scrolling background that you're fighting at the same time it's like nope against a solid back black, black background and 
still you got you got lag on it you know um but your brain doesn't remember that your brain remembers how awesome that fight was and so it takes the amazing parallax scrolling of another game and just photoshops it behind that experience so that's what these games are competing against and so therefore that's what they do so literally my um my first note was that there are more there's more animation going on at any point in time than could ever have been possible <laughs> on on uh, an nes or even a, a, a super nintendo you know it would just melted that thing into the ground as as it just went like i tried my best you <laughs> do, know? do you like the terminator thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> uh so <laughs> that was a good movie speaking of nostalgia anyways <laughs> um but also that like the uh the movement and, and the animation has more frames than could have happened as well. So all of the enemies, your character in particular, they all have more frames of animation when they're moving, running, jumping, climbing trees, whatever they're doing, than you could have realistically had back in the day. You know, so I mean, like when he swings his sword, he swings it very fluidly and it looks as fluidly as you remember. And to be fair, if you think back to Mega Man, you're like, yeah, Mega Man moved that fluidly. And it's like, um but all he did was take his arms from side position and put them into a buster cannon hold not swing a sword out wide you know which looks different so again it just it does very very aptly compete with the way you remember it not with what actually happened well and the when i think of frames of animation in a nostalgia game i think of like so imagine uh we're gonna call him gaiden so imagine the main character from Ninja Gaiden, Gaiden, and he mm-hmm. swings his sword, right? And there's, if I had to guess, I would say it's at most maybe four frames of animation, right? It's, oh, yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's three. It's probably only two. It might just yeah. be sword not out, sword out, right? In, and like yep. the big sushi arc is all mm-hmm. there is. There is no point where you just see the sword. Um, three, maybe, but I mean, it's it's not a lot. But the thing is, it's a fast motion. So fewer frames of animation done with like a good smear feels good, right? Like, I mean, that that game looked good. Like there are lots of early NES games that did incredible, uh, mind trickery with just a few frames of animation. What I feel like a lot of modern games do, uh, and, and the ones that are trying to compete with that nostalgia feeling do really well is you swing the sword and say you have like the powered up sword, like the sub weapon thing. And you you swing the sword and the sword is like it's blue and kind of flashing and it leaves like a tiny little after image. And like those effects are part of the animation, but they're not really frames of animation for the purposes of like moving and controlling the character. But it it makes the motion feel different. So when you have the powered up sword it like leaves a little like sparkle flash for like a fraction of a second, but it helps you tell the difference between that and the normal sword. Right. When you um, do the powered up version of like the down thrust, there's like these little tiny lightning bolts that like shoot away from you in all directions, all like pseudo randomly, or at least it looks pseudo randomly. And like, yeah, it doesn't change anything about the way the movement functions, but the normal down slash doesn't have little lightning bolts. And so Putting those little things on there to me is what really sells or doesn't that nostalgia feeling because it's literally drawing on the screen the epicness you remember 
mm-hmm. without any screen tearing, without a solid black background, right? Like the environments still have all kinds of crap going on in the background and in the foreground and there's environmental hazards and there's the enemies and there's all the particle effects coming off you, which is your character actually named Shadow? I think you are actually named Shadow. Yes, right? your name is Shadow. Yes. Yeah, just like Ninja Gaiden, Cyber Shadow. It's obvious it's right yeah. there. It does what it says yeah. on the 10. Um, exactly. But to me, those little those little details are if not as important a very close second to literally more frames of animation because that's the stuff that like if you went back in time and you were like oh hey can you do like these little particle effects after and it's like yeah we can if the background's solid black and there's no enemies on screen and nothing else is moving and and we (laughs) cram that special chip inside the cartridge Oh, only with a spherical cow in a vacuum. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm with you that the, the animations are, they're, they're tasty, right? They're good, mm-hmm. but it's because they have to compete with what you, rem- how epic you remember everything being. Um, so visuals and surface of gameplay. Um, one of the things that I felt, and I'm interested in your viewpoint on this. I did not feel that the enemies telegraphed well, visually, and I have two key examples of this. One is at one point you're jumping around and there are some like mines, bombs, you know, and you you can kind of move around them. But to me, I'm like, oh, something flashing in my way. I'm, I'm going to kill it. Right. And the first one that I killed shot shots up and down. Right. You know, so I run, run, run. And I hit the next one and it shot me. And I was like, what? what happened you know and then after hitting a few of them i realized that there are single pixels that are lighting either horizontal or vertically that tell you which way it's going to shoot um which once i realized that and internalized it i very easily could see it however it was not it was not blaring enough for me to say oh yes this is what's going to happen again i had to kind of be scientific about the way i was approaching it to be like there this can't be truly random um the other one is i forget what stage it's in but there's a floating robot that has kind of like a face shield and two turret guns that fires a blast of three bullets at you Mm -hmm. Um, yeah they they show up around like the halfway to two-thirds mark and then you continue to deal with them correct um i could not figure out when it was going to fire its blast because originally i thought that it's because it has a, a a face shield down mode and a face shield up mode and i could not correlate those two things with what those two things meant you know so originally i thought face comes up he shoots at me face goes down you know am i okay so when his face goes up i need i need to be aware that within the next second he's going to fire a shot but those two things don't correlate i'm guessing that maybe it has something to do with how many hits it takes to dispatch him but uh i don't know but there was definitely a visual that i could not key in i could i did not as far as i knew i did not have a visual that told me when he was going to shoot and i had another visual that told me nothing you know so yeah uh, and and this is um i mean so Separate from your comment, like some of these things I didn't notice on some of the enemies because as soon as an enemy was on screen, I instantly killed it and didn't struggle with anything. So I right, right. I may sure. not have even seen some of these telegraphing animations they, because their lives the, were cut so tragically short. Because of the goodness. The very goodness, yes. Okay, um, yes, all right. No, and that makes sense. <laughs> but what I did notice from uh, like some of the bosses and some of the environmental hazards is... Uh, you are 100% correct. They don't 
telegraph. I wouldn't say well, though, I would say loudly, right? Mm. Which which you said, like, they didn't telegraph well. And then later you were like, it's, it's not a very like, oh, hey, I'm about to do a thing. And I don't know that I have one set of feelings about this because when I just want to kick back and unwind, uh, I really don't want the game to demand my attention, right? But when I want to, like, you know, you know, forearms on the knees, like leaned over, like totally ruining your back, like face into the screen where you're trying to really get immersed deep, deep into the game world. Then you feel super triumphant when you're like, haha, there's a single pixel that flashes, you know, yellow, orange, red. And that's when the thing is about to explode. And then I do like a super cool dash and, you know, put on my sunglasses because cool guys don't look at explosions like that's I really enjoy that feeling when I am in the mood for that feeling. So if you have an entire game that's like this game is where it's like, oh, no, we will communicate everything you need to know to you, but it is on you to pay attention. For me, the best example of that is in uh, the did you get to the snake dragon boss? fight? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I I mean, not not exaggerating. That probably took me between 10 and 25 tries there's a save point or a checkpoint thing like right outside. So you could just keep mm-hmm. throwing your head against that. And, uh, I was fighting it and I kept getting hit. Like when he comes shooting up out of the water because he comes shooting up way too fast, but there are bubbles, bubbles. Yep. and I didn't notice the bubbles on my own. Someone in chat on Twitch was just like, <laughs> Oh, Hey, there's like little bubbles. And I was like, God damn it. Right. Because yep. exactly like you said, once you know what you're looking for, no problem, right? Oh, there they are, bubbles, plain as day. It's not like they're hard to see. They're not flickering. It's not like the, the graphics engine is overloaded, so sometimes they come up slow, and then you get hit because of hitbox tearing away from the actual visual. Like, there's none of that, right? None of those issues from the old consoles. So it's very strict, and it's very hard, but it is very fair. I'm just not always in the mood for that. Some people are never in the mood for that, but I, I'm... I'm with you that they don't telegraph loudly, but I did feel like the game consistently telegraphs. It's just often like, oh, come on. Like I was supposed to notice that on the first try. Uh, Agree. Two things on that. One is, yes, I I, I agree with that note. Um, Two, the way that I would say to combat that, um, which I think like Dead Cells did really well, which is uh, a difficulty setting, you know, which we'll get into in mechanics this game does not have, Um, or at least... I really, I really looked for it. Um, really, like quit out of the game mid boss fight and went, went went looking for it. Looked yeah, for I it. I mean, when you're you know when you're struggling as much as you were, you're like, yep. come on, an accessibility setting, something, something, yeah, so, something, something, something to just let me slow the game down to ninety percent normal speed. Um, so yeah, so but like what Dead Cells did was they had similar stuff where you know you had to really pay attention and and and. And then so the the way that you can combat that is that if you get got, you know, to to narrow the cycle time that you have to deal with. But that being said, it's not everybody wants a super tight cycle time because they want that that on the edge feeling of, you know, if I fail, I lose this time. Um, So what Dead Cells did with their stuff was they just made the checkpoints. They literally the main thing of the difficulty setting is they remove checkpoints and make the checkpoints less beneficial, you know, so if you had more checkpoints, I'd be like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like that's a thing. But then when the 
the, 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 the cycle time is such that it is, um, that can become more frustrating. Uh, so, but we'll, we'll talk more about cycle time later. Um, the, the, the other one where, again, I don't really know whether this would be in visuals on game design or on, on level design, but there was one that again, I, to me like this is, this is kind of a telegraph to where there was a pit that you dropped down and this is way past the, the checkpoint. You know, this is closer to the next checkpoint than it is to the first, um, to where if you, literally at the bottom of the pit you land right you cannot see the bottom of the pit when you jump but against the side of the wall is spikes so if you drop down if you drop straight down you're fine but if you hammer to the side or wall slide down or do anything to come close that immediately dead you know and and to me i'm like okay there was no way visually that i could see because i was just falling you know that i could have arrested done done anything to stop this it was just it, to me it was literally like a gotcha you know like haha you know you you didn't know there would be spikes on this wall I'm like there generally aren't spikes on the wall you know why were there spikes on this wall and and this is definitely in the service of the practice gameplay you just you just got to know it you know um but then i found the the placement a, a little bit too too far away for how far back in front of me the reason why i'm mentioning it in visuals is because i did not feel there was any way visually i could have improvised my way around that that was a pure practice um place you know so yeah the, there are because I, I think it is right to think of this as a level design like visuals kind of issue because there were a couple times uh where i i got got sometimes just took damage other times to my death and was like, should I have known that? Because <laughs> I would say easily 80 to 90% of the time, if I got got, I was like, oh, that was my fault, right? Like I could see what the enemy was about to do and I just didn't react well or I I did something foolish or I didn't execute properly or whatever. And But I didn't feel like it, the very feeling you just said, that kind of like, ah, like you died, now you know, Right. There were a couple of times, I, w- I wish I had specific examples for this, but there were a couple of times where I remember thinking, oh, is that how they're teaching me that this is a thing? <laughs> like by killing me or by like making me take huge amount of damage? And I don't know if that's actually true or not. So I, I can't critique it in this specific instance. When a game does that, I think it sucks, right? Like, <laughs> it really drove me nuts in the original little big planet that they reward you for finishing a level with zero deaths. But in the first level, they make you commit suicide to teach you that that is a tool you have access to, which means it is really unlikely you're going to finish the first level of little big planet on your first playthrough and get the, the no deaths like trophy but that's on purpose. It's like, oh, look, you didn't get this trophy because you died once. You died once because we made you kill yourself. Now go back and play the level again. By the way, playing the level again is a thing you can do. Did you know that? Now you do, right? So like with character death, like that's, I don't really like when games go to that well as a teaching tool (laughs) very often. And in that circumstance, even though it's this like bright, colorful children's game, I was still like, don't don't do that i'm an adult who's good at video (laughs) games like i beat cyber shadow like don't make me kill myself (laughs) with your crappy level design right so like there's this 
like I, I get why some games go there. What I don't know for sure is did Cyber Shadow do any like, ah, there's nothing you could have done about that unless you had already played this before. Possibly, right? I'm not sure that they did, but if they did, they're wrong to have done it because I think that that's <laughs> crappy design. Like, unless you put me in a circumstance where it's like pseudo scripted, where you know for sure I will have full health when I enter this spot. And so I'm going to get hit and there's no way I can avoid it, but it's impossible for it to have killed me because you've guaranteed that I'll have full health. And then you give me health again right after like those kinds of things don't bother me too much, but player death feels or character death. Well, player death would all, please don't kill me. Like, yes, <laughs> like, especially as a teaching tool. Yeah. yeah I, I, either of those I feel are, are pretty what, unacceptable. What did you learn? <laughs> <laughs> um the the i've got so in 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 each section then this is a good time to promise this um and we because we just talked about this a little bit off air which is uh th- this is a mega man game this, this is not a ninja gaiden game this is a mega man game so it's it's i think it has more in common with mega man no, x it's a mega man game <laughs> mega man x and modern castlevania than yes. it does with ninja gaiden agreed um but we're we're gonna dig into that because I I have some thoughts. We 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 certainly will. Um, <laughs> but in each, uh, at least in in visuals and in gameplay, I've got a little mini lightning round of this is a Mega Man game. <laughs> so so outside of my mini lightning round, I've only got really one other note for visuals, um, which is that this this was interesting to me because um, this was something that I know that you hated with Ninja Ninja Gaiden, um, but that. I, you know, I think we kind of came to was was kind of necessary, which was the the enemy spawning despawning thing, mm, right? Yeah. You know, because the idea is that the fact that the enemies appear right when they have to enforces the rhythm. It forces you to 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 hit it in a certain way. This this game does not do that. You know, this game once the enemy spawns, it's on the screen. And the interesting thing, I, I felt that that so that in and of itself takes away from the rhythm game nature that was Ninja Gaiden. Uh, and way closer to a Mega Man, right? It's because once an enemy spawns, unless you literally are hitting it fast and furious every second, you know, like like doing it correctly all the time, you can't very easily reset the the, the stage to hit all of those hit hit your marks again, right? Um, the screen being huge also feeds into that problem because Ninja Gaiden was a uh, you know on an old school on a small screen and the um the sprite was larger. So literally the amount of space for the enemies to be in was smaller. Whereas this, the, uh, the avatar is, is actually smaller. So the stage is even bigger. So the chances of you spawning an enemy that now causes them to go out of sync with the stage because they are now spawned and targeting you and moving around, you know, is actually way, way, way higher. Uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, you know, because I, I was like, oh, well, this is normally you think, ah, bigger screen, I can see more stuff. And you absolutely can. And that and that's beneficial. But that means that more enemies can spawn on and you can't because they don't despawn. You, you don't have as much control over the rhythm of it, which, you know, drifts it closer to a Castlevania or to a Mega Man. Yeah. And we'll I'll, I'll have more to say about that when we get to to mechanics. Um, the, the last thing I'll. I'll say before I let you do your, your lightning round um, is I was really impressed with how varied the different chapters are, um, but how cohesive they still managed to feel. 
because you're on if i understood the story correctly you're on this island uh which is why you're like kind of cut off from the rest of society uh there was a a bad person did a bad thing and murder housed everyone and you're ninja- if, I, if i remember correctly that it was that you're um you know, that there were a bunch of reploids and then a bad person did a bad thing and turned them all into Mavericks and you being the one lone reploid had to go hunt all the said Mavericks until you destroyed the Maverick who was creating all of them. Is that about accurate? Yes, except uh, (laughs) the one uh, really big twist that like I think I'll remember forever is uh, you have to actually collect all of the parts of Dracula thinking that that's how you destroy him and so you actually end up are the you resurrect the maverick mm-hmm. known as dracula and then you're the one who has to defeat him at the end which i thought was Be- a, just a phenomenal twist because ultimately what is a man but a pi- a, a, a horrible pile of secrets miserable little pile of secrets oh, i was close i was get real close out of my office <laughs> uh levels so i think they did an incredible job of making the world feel varied but still believable that all of these places like coexist right because if if you think about some of the games you love uh the levels are these like beautiful little vignettes that make mm-hmm. no damn sense together and that's fine right like i love mega man games but th- like one level has nothing to do with the next level and and they wear that proudly you're going to a place where this bosses and that's why you're in the themed area for that boss yeah but but there's no connective tissue no there's you're going to blast man's stage or acid man's stage like you know that <laughs> they do what they say on the 10 and 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 to your point like even even mario levels you know i it's hard for me sometimes to turn off the the, the science brain of uh okay so so just for the record i was in a desert level and then immediately went 10 feet to the right and I'm in the Arctic. So, and, and like the desert level is a hot desert. It's not like an Arctic desert, right? So I'm, I'm like the gale force winds that must be constantly <laughs> buffeting these two areas must be, I mean, you know, there's, there, there should be wind level cloud that, okay. I would have accepted cloud level in between those two levels. Cause then it would have made sense. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, to your point is that is none of that makes any sense. I mean, you could c- create a perpetual energy turbine by just putting a wind, a wind turbine, <laughs> like right in there. And then all of a sudden Bowser doesn't have to kidnap peach anymore. And there's no, class warfare or anything like that because there's literally infinite power now are there poor people in the mushroom kingdom i feel like everyone has exactly the same standard of living uh man i mean we could definitely get into what the 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 toad class (laughs) is but i don't i don't think we want to go that dark no probably not um on a cyber shadow episode uh but I, i i wanted to mention this because this game has like a uh, kind of like the map in um, in Dr. Wily's castle, right? Like mm-hmm. when you go chapter to chapter, it's like dots connected by lines, right? You don't literally physically walk place to place the way you do in like Symphony of the Night, right? Where it's one giant level and you just literally walk everywhere, right? So the fact that it feels very believable that like this factory and this underground vegetative alien mutant nightmare are somehow like in the same city. And I believe that they're in the same city because there's similar stuff in the background when it makes sense. 
and there's similar building materials used when that makes sense. And there's some transitional building materials used at the beginning and end of stages so that they feel connected, even though you don't generally just physically walk place to place. Although you kind of can, the game sort of disincentivizes you from doing that, which again is like, oh, so you made the world feel cohesive because it was the right thing to do, not because you had to do it. And so I just, I was like, oh, this is nice because it, it has that sort of, you know, Metroidvania one massive level feel, even though it's not, and they didn't have to do that, but it, it's, it's more immersive. Yeah, no, I, I agreed on that, on that front. Um, so it is time for the Mega Man lightning round of visuals. <laughs> Explosions. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, number one, as we mentioned, this the entire plot behind this is the uh, Maverick uh, revolt against the Reploids. So therefore, all of the visuals are all robots all the times, just like in Mega Man. You know, like, I mean, a lot of these robots could just be one-to-one Mega Man robots, too. Uh, you literally get a charge blaster, like a, a blaster shot, you know? And uh, not only does that thing charge and look like it charges up exactly like Mega Man's would, but also the blast that you fire is kind of a one-to-one to Mega Man's upgraded blast to Mega Man X. And the fact that there's a single bolt and then the double helix around it. Uh, also, the health packs are almost, in my opinion, a one-to-one pull in that it, it, it one's red and one's white, but it's basically a, a bright, solid middle and two like more solid parentheses on the background around an oblong-shaped health pellet. Just one's red and one's right, white. So the, the you had actually messaged me in chat uh, when yeah. we first started playing this, and you were like, hey, what about those Mega Man health pellets? Um, <laughs> and I do agree with you that they pretty damn near obviously drew inspiration directly from that visual. Um, what I think was smart of them to do is uh, the Mega Man health pellet, I think if you saw like a, a drawn, like if the, the, the concept artist like drew it out on paper, um, it's a... Thing, like a glass or like a polycarbonate container like with energy inside and you mm-hmm. kind of get that impression because there's like the darker lines and then like the glowy part right whereas in cyber shadow the whole thing i think it's it's not essence essence is the money it's something else let's call it source it's it's mana right whatever like it's it looks like a glowy blob not like a container that has glowy blob inside and that is i mean that's a milk versus malk difference like (laughs) the whole point is that your brain doesn't really notice that difference and it feels like a mega man health pellet but i did think like oh they they didn't phone that in they it's clearly inspired by but they didn't just hot swap the colors and just be like oh (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think that they that they ripped ripped it off per se. But I mean, like when when I was saying like, oh, this is a Mega Man game. So I, I was playing it, and I turned to Megan. I'm like, this is a Mega Man game, and uh, and I was like, look, it does this, it does that, which we'll get into later. And 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 then I and I and then I hit somebody, and they dropped a big health pellet. I was like, wait, and I paused the game, and then I just literally Googled Mega Man health health pellet, and and blew it up on my phone and walked it out to the screen and like <laughs> unpaused it. And I said, you tell me these two things aren't the same, you know? So, uh, again, not, not in a, you know, like you said that they were, that they stole the art asset, but by no means, but, uh, but definitely inspired by for sure. Well, I mean the, the whole point of making a game like this is with the hope that 
your some of your players will notice those things and be yeah. like, oh, this looks like Castlevania. Oh, this looks like Ninja Gaiden. Oh, this looks like Mega Man. Oh, this looks like Super Mario World. And I have good feelings about all those things, right? Like, hopefully they're hearkening. They're not hearkening back to friggin' Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or, you know, like, <laughs> like you want to you want to not say, oh, yeah, this really reminds me a lot of Home Alone 2, right? You want to you want to hearken back to the nostalgia parts. Anyway, we should probably talk about the sound at some point. We should. Uh, good tunes. I like them. I like I like the music. Very good tunes. Good tune skis. Um, and I was pretty satisfied with like environmental sound effects. Um, I, I felt like the the visual cues were pretty muted for you're about to get got. Um, but the audio cues are actually more helpful in that arena in, in some cases, especially for like certain kinds of environmental hazards where it's like, Oh, there's this little thing and it's going to pop and it's going to hit me or this thing doesn't really look that threatening, but it's making a threatening noise. And so I'm going to leave it alone or shoot it from a distance or something. And so there's, there's pretty good just environmental cues that you couldn't again, really get away with because as everyone has heard me complain about infinity times, the Nintendo and the Genesis and super Nintendo had a really limited capacity for how many beeps and boops they could make at the same time. So to do all of those environmental cues on top of the delicious tune skis is wonderful because it means i don't have to give up delicious toonskis to know i'm about to get shot in the back of the head from an enemy that's off screen or whatever um agreed and uh and and i i have some more to say about that but one thing i want to mention before i before i forget is that um so not only is the music really really good i really enjoyed it uh this is this is where some of my research comes in is um <laughs> i queued up ninja gaiden and and you know me with my troglodyte ears, so this was definitely you know me trying to understand how an abacus works as I'm as I'm scrawling <laughs> cave paintings in 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 my in my wall. But uh, is that the 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 music for Cyber Shadow is substantially slower than the music for Ninja Gaiden? So basically, what I did was I listened to Ninja Gaiden and and just tapped out, you know, and and I couldn't, I tried to, and failed to translate that to beats per minute, right, you know. But basically, that uh, one of the things that we said about Ninja Gaiden was that it uh, it it did that for two reasons. One is because you're supposed to be going fast, got to be going fast all the time, so it sets the pace of the player because it's very very fast music, and it prevents the ducking out issue because you're slashing your sword, so it's it's not your brain is just kind of overriding that. Uh, so this game, not suffering from that problem. And in my opinion, make it's trying to make the point is that it, it, it's not supposed to be quite as fast is, is again, the, the music sets the, the heartbeat and the pace of the player. And it is, it's not, substantial like it's not like wildly slower in the sense of you know one's a a a slow moving aria and the other ones you know uh whatever that song was on rock band where you had to use the double pedals oh jeez yeah any any death metal song where they're like it helps to plug in a second pedal and it's like i what (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you need a third foot pedal wait (laughs) what (laughs) yeah so get the get jim the intern and have him just kind (laughs) of Um, so, uh, yeah, so I thought that that was interesting, which was that, like I said, uh, on the whole, Ninja Gaiden's music was faster than, than this, which I again, thinks sets the pacing of the, uh, of, of the game. Um, 
that being said though i completely agree with you that the sound effects really do inform gameplay uh specifically with like things that could be happening off screen especially because if an enemy appears and you run off screen that enemy still exists but so do their sound effects you know yeah yeah they don't just bamf out of the universe and they don't take away the information you need to be successful for the fact that they have not bamfed out of the universe correct yeah so even though you can't you see them anymore um if they're firing shots you'll hear them fire the shots so then you can expect for shots to be coming off screen in the not too distant future so you're saying uh shots fired yes yeah shots um, fired so uh yeah i'm gonna go ahead and just throw this in there now just in case you were planning to say this later i'll look smart um <laughs> and i'll look like the I, copycat <laughs> That's right. So uh, there's a lot of Mega Man-y things about this. Um, one of the things that's not Mega Man-y about it is the pace of the music. I would say, generally speaking, this game has more atmospheric music. There are some upbeat tunes, right? The boss music is is more, you know, go-go, defeat the enemies kind of thing. But generally, most of the music is not the, you know, double bass pedal blood pumping that you're supposed to feel when you play Ninja Gaiden. And when we were reviewing Ninja Gaiden, we said, this is fast Castlevania. And I think what is possibly happening here and the music supports this is this is medium paced Castlevania, right? This is not as fast as Ninja Gaiden, but it's also not as like empowering as a Mega Man and the Mega Man music is fairly fast paced, but it's also like bright and happy. Whereas the Ninja Guide music is like, go, 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 go. Right. And Castlevania music is very gloomy and atmospheric. And then later they started going to like rock and lots of orchestral stuff, but there's lots of gloomy atmospheric music. And this to me felt closer to gloomy and atmospheric than you would think from like the preview trailers, right? The preview trailers make it look like, ah, you're ninja cyber hero, but it's, it's actually more kind of ominous world, you know, caving in around you. And you're the last hope for the Maverick reploids, whatever reploids are the good guys. <laughs> you're the last hope for the good reploids. Um, and, and that I th- I thought was like, it's interesting how much the, the pace of the music and the tone of the music can, you know, kind of direct you on the, the, the triangle of Castlevania, Mega Man and Ninja Gaiden, which apparently like exists as a spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I, I think that you kind of hit it on the head where, and I, I don't have the research to back this up. Thank God. Um, but <laughs> is, uh, is I think the, the, the ambiance is very similar to like symphony of the night, which is arguably medium paced Castlevania, you know, <laughs> Even though it is in and of itself a Castlevania, so it is def- definitionally paced as a Castlevania. But if we're comparing to Castlevania, the Castlevania, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night, Symphony of the Night is medium-paced Castlevania, as is this game. Um, so I think that, and and I think the the wor- the somberness of the world uh, is is very similar. You know, where it's just one is techno- technologically post-apocalyptic som- somber and the other one is magic post-apocalyptic somber, but it's, it's still the, the same kind of the, the, the aesthetic may be a little bit different visually, but the feeling is the same, which is the all hope is lost. And, and this is apropos of nothing. So would an evil, an evil maverick, 
be a Reploid? Because the Mavericks would think that people that are not doing what they think is correct would be evil. So Mavericks are evil Reploids and evil Mavericks are Reploids. Are we talking about the nature of good and evil as perceived by a society of video game robots? Yes. That's that's what I'm trying to do. Then yes. I just wanted to make sure I understood. So yes, uh, by the societal definitions of the Mavericks, assuming that they recognize themselves as the hero of the story and they're not comic book villains who know that they're villains, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is something I always uh, have found deeply fascinating as an adult is to look at a piece of fiction and be like, Oh, look, this character knows full damn well that they are the villain, right? Like the Joker is interesting because he knows he's the villain and he's super okay with it. Right. Like that's what makes him interesting. But a lot of, children's villains are like over the top evil for no reason like it doesn't benefit them in any way they're like the emperor man they just they just like being evil they just love killing you know (laughs) (laughs) they just and and actually the the name for that typically or or the thing that's described that is a force of nature the one you know when Mm -hmm. we're like there's not really a lot of motivation a lot of backstory anything driving them except for this thing you know so so the joker is a force of nature villain he's chaos you know and so you know and that's one of the things that god we've gone so far afield so i'll (laughs) I'll, I'll bring it back here in a second but one of the things i really love about um the uh characterization of him in the dark knight is when he says like the do you want to know how i got these scars and so he gives you that little snippet of his backstory or so you think and then he changes it so because they're driving home the point it's like he doesn't have a backstory he is chaos he is a force of nature villain stop trying to understand him you will not understand him his entire purpose is to be a force of nature so but that being said uh cyber shadow cyber shadow is a game uh we yeah. played um mm-hmm. yeah no the the only other thing I'll, I'll say about the music uh is just that the the guy i think his name is jake kaufman I don't think he composed this music, but he consulted on it. And he was the composer for the all of the Shovel Knight music. Um, and the reason that that's significant to mention is because one of the things that I happen to know about him from all of the media around Shovel Knight is the, the Yacob Games uh, developers were like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's fine if you want to use a sound palette that wouldn't have technically been available on the Nintendo. Like it just needs to feel like it could have been on the Nintendo. And apparently he just went, ha ha. No, that's not how we do things. So <laughs> he's a hundred percent legit in how he composes music and, and the sounds that are available and everything. Now, there's more sounds happening at any one time than the Nintendo would have been able to produce, but he doesn't do things that wouldn't have been technically capable, like any individual element. Um, right. I don't know if he enforced those kinds of limits on this music, but I suspect anyone who would tell their bosses like, yeah, no, that's not the way we get the best results. You're trusting me to get the best results. And like, if you then turn around and have him consult, that's how you end up with the music that's in Cyber Shadow. So he either wrote it or he definitely was like a strong creative hand in whoever the actual composer is in it. It totally shows. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, controls and mechanics. Hey, you did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, yeah. I, I've changed. I, I've changed my uh, my heading. So um, 
so so we so, we've so been, instead of getting good at the game, you're like, I'm going to update my text document that I use to talk about the game. And and apparently that was so strenuous for me that took all of my good <laughs> away. All, all, <laughs> all, it's all you, gone. It, you, unbeknownst to you, you had one goodness in you and you spent it on updating a, a line of text. Either that or what was making me good at video games was that incorrect header. You know, that was my my Samson <laughs> hair, you know? It's your picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I, I believe, and, and I may be incorrect in this, but I, I'm, I'm excited because I believe that we are about to, to give a master class on respectfully disagreeing with, with another human, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how respectful. But I mean, like, because I, I know that this is where we're going to kind of get into the fact that, like, I I really struggled with this game, and uh, and I know you didn't, you know, so, so because so of the do, goodness. Do do we want to do any uh, like short uh, controls and mechanics shoutouts before we talk about like some of the the bigger meteor stuff? Because I, I have a couple like throwaway things that I just thought were neat. Uh, maybe well, so unfortunately I don't, I don't really have, I've got a lot of notes, but I don't have them in any particular order. So I, or, or I don't have them pinned by big meaty topic versus like throwaway note, you know? So I I just, I have a couple throwaway ones that I'll just get out of the way here. Um, this game can be played on a two button controller, just like shovel Knight can, which helps lend to that kind of nostalgic feeling. Uh, the other buttons can be mapped to things, but you can play the entire game with just two button controller, which I think is cool. Um, I noticed that uh, this game, like Ninja Gaiden and unlike Mega Man, um, all of your sub weapons, your extra abilities you unlock, whatever you might call them, um, they all drain from a single pool of hearts, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, like, which is how, you know, Ninja Gaiden and Castlevania do it. um, But Mega Man, each weapon has its own ammo. And I was like, oh, this is, I've actually never really thought about how that changes the way you move through the world because. I love the throwing stars, but I'm not going to abuse them because then when I want to do the the big flamey upward uh, slash, I won't have it because I'll have burned all my hearts. Right. So like it, it sort of changes how much access you feel like you actually have to your special powers. Um, and then the one other thing is uh, I don't know if you if you notice this because you didn't get very far, but uh, this game has like optional Metroidvania components. And I was like, oh, maybe that's the kind of Metroidvania George likes. One that he can just ignore completely. Um, so it does it does have Metroidvania components. Okay, so I, I did spend that time both listening and uh reorganizing my notes a little bit. So um so now I have I, I can go ahead and do my <laughs> my Mega Man lightning round here because they're mostly just kind of throwaway stuff. Um and so to your point, oh so wait, hang on. Mega Man Lightning Round <laughs> So uh, to your point, yes, you can go back to previous stages. I actually likened that to Mega Man because I felt that the feel was very similar to Mega Man in the sense that generally there's one or one to three things that are in that stage. It's very similar to like, I got the boost boots. So now I need to go back to, you know, chameleon stage and use them in this area to get this heart container, additional armor, power up, whatever, you know, which I don't remember much of any of that happening in Mega Man Classic, right? That was a Mega Man X. No, that's Mega Man X. And I'm I'm not trying to be petty about it. I'm just saying so that the audience knows, we know Mega Man Classic did not have some of these elements. These are things from Mega Man X that we are just saying are Mega Man-esque. Yes, yeah. No, most of of these notes are are Mega Man notes, like Mega Man X notes, yeah. Mega Man X and Mega Man-esque. That's that's a good one. Yeah. There's a a good click noise in there that's the subtle giveaway. 
Yeah, Me- Mega Man X is very Mega Man esque. Um, (laughs) uh, so two you get persistent power-ups like in Mega Man Um, specifically the the, I liken the the ball power-ups you get those are all your armor power-ups so each one kind of does its own little thing it gives you a unique ability that does something whatever that is sometimes it just makes you rot more powerful sometimes it gives you a new way to interact with the world Um, but the basically the those are the armor power-ups um you gain more health over time like in Mega Man. They, basically there's uh heart power-up containers you know there's heart containers um that you're almost certain to run across like in Mega Man, and some that you gotta go looking for like in Mega Man. um <laughs> this is actually where i had to note even has the plot of Mega Man, but we've already <laughs> touched on that <laughs> um, you, just, you collect all those dracula parts yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, you you can go back to old stage like in Mega Man, and of course the big the big one you can't duck like you can in Me- like just like in Mega Man Classic. No ducking. Don't know why that was a weird one. Uh, you actually you can't duck in Mega Man X either. You can duck in Mega Man X. You duck. I know there's a duck. I, I, you 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 say what you're going to say. I'm going to look this up real fast. <laughs> um, I know that there's a let me first. I know that there's a ducking animation. Because you you take a you take that ducking stance when um you're like uh, fighting against uh, vile and you're kind of doing like the or at least I can very pick, yeah, I crystal mean, clearly remember. Oh, see, you're you're thinking of the low health animation, which you surely were in all the time. What with the no goodness, um, yeah. Dude, but, we just established that I lost my goodness when I changed the header, which was recent. <laughs> yeah, but time travel is a thing. Um, wibbly wobbly, George. Uh, no, I. This, this is actually one of those things that I found weirdly psychologically jarring <laughs> where you were like, you, you messaged me in chat and you were just like, Oh, Hey, you, uh, you can't duck in this, like in Mega Man. And I was like, you can't duck in this like in <laughs> Mega Man. You, and the reason that that was so like, Oh my God is because I noticed in Ninja Gaiden, there are only a handful of times where I felt like ducking was the right thing to do. But when I did, man, was it the right thing to do, right? Because the hitbox in Ninja Gaiden is pretty strict. So, you know, making yourself like half height super matters in like the handful of times that I did it. It also changes the height at which you swing your sword. And sometimes you're on like a weird height of a ledge or something. So like the fact that you can't duck, but you can swing up I was just like, ah, uh, that does feel more Mega Man-y. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was trying to look this up. I, I have found animation frames for him ducking, but I can't, I can't find an actual picture of him doing it in the game. So uh, slap bet. Slap. Wait. So we're slap betting over whether or not you, the player, can yes. make Mega Man in Mega Man X duck on purpose. Correct. Oh, I'll slap that over that. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll, uh... <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm nervous. But yeah, no, it's, it's worth it. I get my teeth knocked out. No, I just, right. I, I like, to me, these are the best slap bets because they're yeah. the ones where we both went in pretty sure, and that fact is what totally erodes away that shortness. <laughs> <laughs> it does, man. Like, where you're just, just so confident, and then as you're, as you're kind of, like, looking it up, you're like, I... I, I just I just I know I yeah. know this is a fact and yet I can't substantiate it and then whoever's winning the slap bet is just sitting there in the corner like just smiling like yeah. it's but, cool man but this thing is when you're you know young and impulsive 
everyone goes into every slap at, you know, with guns loaded and hammers drawn because of course you're sure. But as you mature in your uh, life of slap bets, when the other person is like, nah, dude, I'm pretty sure slap bet that gives you pause because you've matured as a person. So <laughs> it's fun when, you know, as mature adults, we're both like, oh no, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is where we're at. Yeah. No, I'll definitely, uh, tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll boot up my SNES and, uh, dude, and take a swing at that. You, you know, what's exciting though is this is, you know, we pre-record the show. So by the time people are hearing this, we will know what happened. Yep. And the people who are listening who know that game really well will know how it turns out, but they'll know listening to us not knowing. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And time travel's a thing. Yeah. Okay, so uh meteor stuff. You want to take the first first topic? Yeah, I mean it's 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 uh it's fast, Mega Man. Um <laughs> and I I think this is this is something we should absolutely tear apart because it's really interesting and God, I really want to talk about it, but I do want to just take a quick step back to say the entire point of this game is that it is informed by the decades of game design that came before it. And so the fact that it has some elements from Mega Man, some elements from Castlevania, some elements from Ninja Gaiden, all of which also stole from each other depending on their release order, because of course they did, right? Like that's not a good or bad thing. Right. You and I have feelings about this because I mistakenly <laughs> sold this to you as a modern Ninja Gaiden, which it is super not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's emphatically not. Um, that being said, it's it's you know, and again, because Ninja Ninja Gaiden is a uh, is a rhythm game, as we kind of you know established in our other podcast. Uh, and and this game is super not. It is it is way more like a Mega Man for a number of critical uh, critical differences. Um, one of the things that uh, so in, in this in this area I, I do liken it back to Ninja Ninja Gaiden a number of times, um, but I wanted to because Ninja Gaiden is particularly thought of as 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 a punishing game, you know, and I think that the main difference and and something that we've established in the past uh, between a punishing game and a hard game is cycle time, um, which you know is what we're going to put on my tombstone, right? So I, I, I figure <laughs> I can just take that this this one just right off the bat. Well, let's talk about the cycle time, right? So. Um, the the way that they mitigate cycle time in this game is with checkpoints and the checkpoints you pay to um activate something so generally speaking they will all recover your health but if you want to get the special item which you always want the special item you have to pay for it if you want to restore your sp which i rarely did actually because i wanted to make sure i always had enough money to get the special item uh you can you can activate that as well um i did not think that the way so what they did a lot of times was that they would have something very very they they would scale the challenges such that things got more and more challenging as you got closer and closer to the next checkpoint where i feel that ninja gaiden actually kind of did the opposite in a number of places where they made the challenges really really intense right off of the checkpoint and then they actually got a little bit easier so that actually caused an increase in stress because even though the challenges are getting a little bit easier, you're stressing yourself out more because you're further, you're going to be set back further if you screw up. Um, Whereas in this game, I know that there there was one time in particular where I had gotten, you know, 10 seconds away from the checkpoint, ate it fine, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. But then I finally was getting about like 
a minute, a minute and a half away. And then literally I got to an area where it was just spikes, spikes everywhere. And I I was like, exactly where you mean. (laughs) And to me, I'm like, no, this challenge needed to be closer to the initial checkpoint because I, I, I'm, I'm about to lose two minutes of my life because I'm, I'm, I'm going to die here. The chance of me executing this perfectly the first time is low. It's a practice game. Uh, and then that's what caused me to actually look into the, the, the real meat of this note, which is um, the cycle time. Obviously, it runs the gamut. But uh, after I had um, played an area a number of times, I was starting to get frustrated. But I had internalized it to some degree. The amount of time it took me from when I died uh, to get back to where I died, not even to get to the next checkpoint, but... Where I died at was probably three quarters to to nine tenths to the checkpoint, so pretty close, right? Um, giving the benefit of the doubt. So it took me about two and a half minutes to get from the checkpoint basically to another checkpoint, right? So arguably the cycle time is between two and a half to three minutes, right? Um, Ninja Gaiden on the first stage, cover to cover, uh, 45 seconds. Um, the... Uh, then the, to get to a checkpoint, not to clear stage, and this is on stage five, three, which was where I really got stuck to get to the mid-level checkpoint, right? Took about a minute, but to get all the way through it, to get to the boss took a minute and a half. So the, the punishing game of Ninja Gaiden is actually substantially less punishing because it's cycle time is literally half, if not less than half that of this game, which I thought was, odd so i so this is my big way of saying i did not like the cycle time but i actually have some math to back that up this time (laughs) yeah and i mean this is uh the reason that this is going to be chiseled on your tombstone in particular yours is because i'm going to kill no uh because (laughs) (laughs) because i'm going to be the one chiseling the tombstone (laughs) because this is very much a player preference right some people would rather say okay i want this longer challenge and I have to do the whole challenge or I want a bunch of micro challenges, right? So the, the, you know, quintessential example of George's cycle time is always going to be Celeste until somehow there's a game faster than that, right? Because it's rare in that game, at least in the first half of the game where the screen even scrolls and every single screen is a natural checkpoint, So until you get to parts of the game where the screen even scrolls, every checkpoint is you can see the whole challenge. The whole challenge is right in front of you. And then, you know, pretty soon in you start getting to like, you know, a screen and a half, two screens, maybe three screens. But it's very seldom that they're like, oh, no, you got to do a hundred things correctly or you're done because remember no health in that game. Right. So the failure spectrum is there isn't a failure spectrum. So especially in the later challenges where like you have to like go feather to feather to feather to feather, like literally a single mistake and you're done. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, one incredible extreme Ninja Gaiden is way on kind of the other extreme where it's like, no, we're going to make you do a bunch of stuff, right? But we're going to keep it in like a minute range, right? Like if you screw up, we're going to screw you out of about 30 to 45 seconds of your time. I feel like cyber shadow and, Honestly, most games go for something a little longer. They're like, Mm -hmm. no, we want you to have good execution for an extended period of time, but there's a fairly broad failure spectrum. So if you lose those two minutes, 
that's kind of on you, buddy. Or like if you took four or five minutes because you were really slowly plotting through this section and then you face plant and instant kill spikes, ah, you shouldn't have done did that. Right. And and this is a very specific design philosophy that completely changes the feeling of the game. I've never played another game that felt quite like Celeste because I don't play super punishing, super challenging platformers, which is what that game is. So I know there are other games that have that kind of like instantaneous cycle time, but I don't typically seek them out. And that feeling has stuck with me forever. Right. Whereas uh, you, you remember, you know, because Ninja Gaiden is a rhythm game, you remember when we would like have some friends over and they'd be like, Oh, let's play rock band. We're like, yeah, we're always willing to play rock band. And then they would pick like a nine minute song. Like yep. the first song they would want to play would be like Boston. And you're like, can I warm my fingers up first? Like, <laughs> this, this is it. I'm, we're going to have to break for lunch in the middle of this song. Like, and that's to me like way too far on the other extreme where it's like, don't ask me to perform with a hundred percent accuracy for nine real earth minutes and a single mistake kicks me all the way back. Of course, a single mistake in rock band doesn't kick you all the way back, but like the failure spectrum has to get bigger. The, the wider the space between those checkpoints is for you, that space can never be narrow enough. <laughs> like, like every action is a checkpoint. Well, and, and so, uh, agreed. I mean, that is definitely my preference. Um, I do think that, that then being, being careful with how you're modulating those checkpoints. So, so to, to harken it back to Mega Man, right. Is that, um, one of the, the main things that Mega Man does I feel differently in this game is that health is way more abundant in Mega Man in that enemies way dro- more, way more. Right. So, which actually, therefore, even though you probably have initially, because with Mega Man, you've got the little dash lines, but there's, I don't think anything that does like a dash lines worth of damage, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing deals one hit point. I got 89 hit points, but nothing deals one hit point of damage, you know? Um, so you probably have initially the same number of hits that you, that you do in cyber shadow, but uh, but you've got a whole bunch of enemies that tend to drop health. So therefore, you actually have a lot, a much larger health bar, effectively, right? Um, not not the case here. So I would argue then that the um, failure spectrum is narrower in um, in Cyber Shadow. You know, so the to me the to 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 actually to the point that you made, um, the narrower the failure spectrum the narrower the cycle time, right? So in Celeste, the, the, the failure spectrum is zero. So the cycle time is zero. Um, for this one, I did not feel, and, and again, this is mostly because of my lack of goodness, I did not feel that the um, the narrowness of the failure spectrum matched the cycle time. I felt that the failure spectrum was too narrow for the cycle time. And that being said, is that the way that I think that you would normally combat something like that would be with a difficulty or accessibility setting, which this game lacked. And that's where I feel that, to me, I, is I kept being like, okay, well, if, if not A, then B. Okay, if not B, then C. If not C, then D. But to me, like, then the thing is, if, if we say, okay, um, for me, for you, the failure spectrum was adequate to cycle time. For me, it was inadequate, right? Um, and if you compare it to Mega Man, Mega Man also didn't have a difficulty setting, but the game was itself way easier, you know, like to the point where pretty much, I mean, if an eight-year-old can play it, right, then any adult can play it, you know? So uh, that that game was more so based off of like being able to, getting through the stage was not the challenge. Being able to get through it in an awesome way was the challenge, right? Um, but in this one, just getting through the stage was an ordeal for a 35, 
because if I'm struggling with it, I mean, I, I, again, not being good, but if I'm struggling with it, I mean, I literally participate in a video games podcast. Like I've got hundreds <laughs> of, if not thousands of hours logged on video games. Right. So if I'm, if I'm struggling with it, then the game is probably not easy. Right. You know, so I feel that that's a good place for a difficulty setting because if you say like, you know what, even if it's like, I don't, this isn't how I want to experience the game. Even Celeste said, this is the way we want you to experience the game, but we want the most people to experience the game possible. Here's, here's another way to experience it. So the lack of a difficulty setting to me, like that's the, the last, the last line of defense of like, okay, so lacking that, I feel more confident saying that the failure spectrum is unacceptable to the cycle time because you, you don't give me the option to change that. Uh, so normally I'm a hundred percent on the side of ex- access to games, right? A- accessibility in the modern sense where there are things you can tweak to make the game playable to someone who might otherwise not have it be playable at all. And there are things you can tweak to make the game enjoyable to someone who could play the game, but may not enjoy it. Like I'm, I'm on the side of more access, please. Now, that being said, I don't completely disagree with single difficulty games that are also very hard, because if the art is well made, then that is a creator or a creative team that said, this is the thing we want to make, and we are not willing to compromise on that vision, and we understand that the trade-off is reducing the pool of people who could possibly play this game. I don't want that to be how most games are made um because sometimes i'm a cyber shadow and sometimes i'm a ninja gaiden right sometimes i've got my goodness and sometimes i don't so it's nice when i don't feel like i'm being turned away at the door where the game is like oh you're not very good go away please because i don't always want it to be like a, a death march to try and finish the game but i do understand why Mario doesn't have difficulty settings. Why Mega Man doesn't have difficulty settings. Why this game doesn't have difficulty settings because the designer said, this is the experience we want to make. And there may be some things in there to modulate. Like you can backtrack and get extra health, right? And that, that modulates the difficulty a little bit, but not the accessibility wonderland that like the last of us part two is where everything is tweakable things. You wouldn't even imagine unless you need those accessibility settings are tweakable. I'm playing another modern game right now. That's like got insane accessibility settings. And thank God, because I don't really want to play that game. I'm just interested in the story. So I have turned those things way up, (laughs) but I will say I can at least empathize with someone or, you know, a group of, of creators who's like, no, yeah, we know that this is not for everyone, but this is the thing we wanted to make. And if it's not for you, we're not judging you, but we are okay that it's not for you. So you and I, George, we agree accessibility and broad access is, should be the default. Like don't exclude people for no damn reason, just because you're being an exclusionary ass. (laughs) Um, But when people make that choice, thoughtfully and they're like yeah this game's hard and and that's going to keep some people from playing it or this game requires a certain amount of auditory sense or visual sense or ambulatory sense like that's okay that's fine but don't do that thoughtlessly sure and i think that um and because i i'm kind of going through my notes and i've got a, a couple of other things but to to just kind of put uh, my kind of 
two cents on the on the back end of that is uh is yeah i definitely think that um games can do that i i think though that like for example you know because obviously i'm going to keep keep hit, hit banging the drum of celeste right is um Celeste is very much so like that because Celeste is actually trying to explore the feeling of frustration, you know, like it's they want you to feel those feelings and they're very clear about that because it's an accessibility option, you know, and so I think that there are ways to make the game more accessible for people who are saying like, like for, for myself, even, you know, they say like, look, I get that you may be wanting to make me feel a certain way or behave a certain way or just get a certain amount of good. But I, I've now thrown three hours at this, and I've got to—I I have to get further through this game to do a review on it. Like I, I'm no longer <laughs> playing the game for the art's sake. Like I need—I need to to do another thing with this. Please, or, please, game. They're gonna know how bad I am. <laughs> or alternatively, you know, if I said like, "Hey, you know what? This game does have an amazing story, or is very, very has very honed mechanics, or or X, Y, Z." And I want my son to be able to enjoy that, you know? So therefore, I need an, a, a setting such that he can still get that same experience, but not, you know, wait 20 years until he's got to the goodness, you know? Um, so I do think that, that and, and again, it could have just been a money issue too, where they didn't have the money to put into some of the, like in order to create accessibility options such that it doesn't ruin the game, they may not have had time for that or the money for it, the budget for it. I mean, which is entirely fine. Um, but that being said is, is I do think that, um, that from my seat, having an artist say, this is my art, enjoy it as I deem fit is like say having a an, an author say, you know, if, if you say, I really empathize with this character for this reason, having the author say, nope, you're dumb, you know? <laughs> and, and that's that, uh, that mens rea, that's the, <laughs> the, the, the branching point between I made this thing this way and I hope that you can enjoy it, but I do not judge you if you don't enjoy it the way I enjoy it. And you understood my poetry wrong. Therefore, mm-hmm. you are bad at poetry. And that example did not come from nowhere. I literally had that argument with a graduate assistant when I was in college. Cool. Who <laughs> who asked my opinion on a piece of poetry that we read in class. And I I gave an honest answer that was probably ill-informed, but I did my best to answer his question. And he literally was like, no, that's not what this poem is about. And I was like, but it's all this poem in particular is all like metaphor. And there, there's nothing literal in this poem. How can you say that my interpretation of it is wrong? And it was like, cause it is, I was like, Oh cool. That's okay. I'm probably not going to put a lot of my energy into this course now. <laughs> that, that's the end of this conversation then. Yeah, Thank you. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I will say as a, an interesting kind of like uh bookend I have in my notes to this idea of, of like having to get goodness is uh, this game, you know, exp- has a fairly expansive set of like powers and upgrades and things you can do. And a lot of them are movement related. And so it does a very good job of if it gives you a movement related power, it puts you in a situation that you cannot exit until you have proven that you can do that thing. That's true. However, <laughs> there are there's a really short window of playtime between prove you can do this properly once and now prove you've mastered it. And I was just surprised by the number of times where I was like, Oh, they, they did not give me much of a sandbox, right? They didn't give me a very long experimentation phase before they were like, Hey, you know that thing we, uh, 
We taught you 30 seconds back there. Now, now be good at it. Do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, several times throughout the game. And and that's, again, like that's just the difficulty spikes that they, because it's not an accident. You could tell like how the levels are laid out and stuff. Like they did it on purpose, but I was just kind of like, oh, oh, this is like, there's no kid gloves. There's no baby mode. Like we taught you a thing. Now use that thing to solve problems under duress. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Do it. Do it right. Do it now. Um, and uh, to me, the, the exemplar for that is, um, the, the bullet catch. I, I, I did not care for that mechanic. I felt that, um, and again, this is definitely just, I could not get the rhythm behind it, you know? So whether or not I caught the bullet was a 50, 50 shot every time, which meant that I didn't want to use it. Cause I could only screw that up six times before I died and lost two and a half minutes of my life. So I deeply avoided using that, but then they literally put you into positions where you have to use it so i'm like okay so then and and this was a, a great example of of one of them because there are those dumb walls that have three eyes that shoot the the, the catchable bullets you know oh, yeah 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 and so there's one right next to a spawn point which is obviously like a practice range so i'm like okay i i i have beaten it i still am, have not mastered this so then i go through the the stage and then literally right before the checkpoint there's two of them consecutively and you have to beat them while the wall of spikes is coming to you i'm like I don't want, I'm bad at this. Like I, and, and again, this was two and a half minutes later. So I'm like, don't. So when I was coming up to it and I saw the wall, I was like, don't, don't, don't do this to me, man. Like I already know I'm probably going to fail at this. I get it. I, I did not master this skill that you wanted me to master, but I want to see more of this thing that you made. Can you please just let me through this one wall so I can get to this other stuff? And the answer was no. Um, <laughs> do so, better. Uh, Despite the, you know, Grand Canyon size gap between our levels of goodness, mm-hmm. uh, I yep. can sympathize with you ever so slightly. Um, I don't in, have... In the way a god sympathizes with an ant, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, more like a bacterium, but it's... Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, unfortunately, I don't have the a clip of this um, from when I was streaming the game, but the, the uh, bullet refraction ability i don't know what you would call it because it's not just a bullet catch you then have to like knock the projectile back right yep and you can do it in two stages where you stop it and then you knock it back or you can do it immediately where you immediately knock it back and i was not immediately friends with either method like i i struggled to master that skill and i literally said on stream because i could feel it coming i was like oh they they just taught me a uh, a bullet reflection thing and i know that this part of the level has the terrifying cyber wall that like comes after you so it's just a matter of time before they're going to make me do the bullet reflect refraction thing under duress while the terrifying cyber wall is coming and it one hit kills you and sure enough it's like 45 seconds later they make you do that and i was like you did not give me enough time to prove that I had mastered this before you forced me to do it with a literal gun to my head. Like I needed two, three, four, five of these high stakes, but not one hit kill situations before you were like, Hey, did you master it? Show me. Right. Like that's, and to me, honestly, like I'm not even exaggerating. I think that's the worst example of this in the whole game is that moment where the giant, ter- because it's visually terrifying, it's right at the end of the segment before another checkpoint. So there's a lot of stress. You've already had to execute a bunch of things correctly. And then they make you do the hardest movement in the game under all of that duress. 
And I know it's the hardest movement in the game because they literally patched it to make it easier to do. (laughs) And I I just want to throw out there, I beat the game before they patched it, and I'm pretty damn proud of myself for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's because of all the goodness, right? Yes. All the goodness you got. So much. Um, and and uh, the one final thing I had, which is actually more of a visual note, but uh, I, I just with with all of your goodness, I was wondering if you could uh, enlighten me on this. Um, is I found it difficult to really internalize what bullets could or could not be reflected, because some can <laughs> and some super can't. And when you got seven hit points and you're a minute and a half away from the checkpoint, that's not something I want to be figuring out on the fly. So again, I just didn't use it unless I literally hit a point where I felt I had no other options. Then I would start experimenting with it. So I, I hate to uh, have such a negative note uh, here, but the, I was going to get to this eventually anyway. And here we are at the end of days. Um, most of them can be blocked or refract like the vast majority of projectiles in the game i think beams are a good example of like if it's if it's a beam style attack then Mm -hmm. no but if it's like a small glowing circle yes um with with very little variance right now that being said the last boss has three phases the first phase you can beat in like 10 seconds like once you know the pattern and the tells you can just murder the first phase super super fast the second phase pretty damn hard but there's some beams that you can't do anything about and there's some projectiles that not only can you like block them but if you block them with like the charged block because you can charge up your swing Mm -hmm. and if you do a bullet refraction with the charged buster shot then like it's a a huge explosion. And like that, it's actually kind of cool little secret mechanic. The third phase has a very difficult to dodge unblockable attack that you, the only thing you can do is properly dodge it. But because so much of the game around the time you get to the last boss is about properly refracting bullets. I died a bunch of times trying to block an attack that is unblockable. And I found that to be infuriating because I was like, no, you have convinced me that blocking bullets is a thing I need to be really good at. And here I am at the last time any of these skills will matter because this is the final phase of the final boss. And I'm not supposed to use that technique at all. Why would you do that to me? Why would you (laughs) trick me like that? So uh, that is all just a long-winded way of saying in most of the levels, I would say pretty much every projectile can be blocked. Not that it's easy, but that it is technically possible. Um, not beam weapons. And for some reason, not this one attack on the third phase of the final boss, which just, oh my God. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, anything else for uh, controls and mechanics? I do have this one very final thing that I want to say just because we've harped so much on the this is not a rhythm game about Cyber Shadow and Ninja Gaiden absolutely is a rhythm game. This game, I and I truly believe this, this game is rhythm game optional. Once you have practiced the levels a lot, once you've gotten really good at the the dodge, did you get far enough to get the dash strike? No. So you get a dash uh, where you 
it not only can you dash and then strike, um, you cover a pretty sizable amount of distance and you can link them and you're invincible while you're dashing. So you can dash through projectiles and then kill this dude and then use that to dash to another one and then kill him. And if you do it right, you can gain a little bit of height. And when you step back, you see that some of the levels are designed so that you can approach them in a very Castlevania cautious way or in a very Mega Man use all of your superpowers to solve the problem way or in a Ninja Gaiden way. And so I just thought it was a clever way to pay homage to this game mechanic that most people think is very unfun and punishing is like, Hey, if you want to play cyber shadow this way, we we're right there with you. We have laid out the levels and we have laid out the enemies and we have given you the tool set to be a wicked fast cyber ninja in the post-apocalypse hunting down Mavericks. But that's not yep. the only way to solve problems. And and I think even though that reality created a pretty negative play experience for you, which is a bummer, <laughs> I do think it's kind of a triumph of game design to say this isn't a Castlevania or a Mega Man or a Ninja Gaiden. It's all of them. You got to pick one. But that's risky and hard, and it runs the risk of causing the exact problem you experienced which is you wanted it to be one thing all the time and it's only that thing sometimes and only in certain circumstances and only after you've gotten certain powers and only if you really know to look for it and that's it's like uh people who try and sync up like uh was it dark side of the moon with um uh the wizard of oz right yeah. it's like yeah you can go chase that down and make them line up but like that's not the intended experience and it's certainly not the obvious one <laughs> Right. Absolutely. So, um, with all that said, man, did it, did it learn from past experiences? It's certainly inspired by them. Um, I'm going to say no nostalgia goggles required. Um, a huge part of that is because of my incredible goodness, uh, and how easy pretty much all of it was for me. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the nostalgia games we've played, you know, it's it almost feels trite to say like this game couldn't exist without its predecessors. But I think what makes this game different from a lot of the nostalgia games we've played is this game is not trying to be an obvious modernization of a classic. It's trying to draw experience from several classics and combine them in to something kind of new and exciting. The problem is you got to pick an aesthetic and it happens to be wearing the costume of a very specific aesthetic that it doesn't really share most of its DNA with. So as a game, like as a piece of art, as someone who was good at it, like I had no problem with this. I would recommend this to anyone with just the tiny asterisk of it's not modern Ninja Gaiden, right? It's, it's a really good game. It's fun. It's got great tune skis. The visuals are incredible. I didn't even talk about how utterly banana pants the last boss looks and how that's like the one time in the game where they're like, now you need to be Ninja Gaiden, like move fast and stab things. But, but it's not Ninja Gaiden. So if you look at it and you're like, Hey, that looks like a Ninja Gaiden. It's not, and you will not have a good time. But, but I think as a piece of art, no nostalgia goggles required if you're good. Yeah, if you're if you're good, um, and and even if even if somebody's you know streaming on Twitch and it says you know Ninja Gaiden 2021, like don't don't listen, like it's not it's not that. Um, for me, I and I think this may be the first game that I've done this with. I, I I'm gonna give it a nostalgia monocle. Um, 
I think that uh, to me that the, the the triad the the way because like I said it, I I really wanted to make sure I was on sure footing when I when I came across this which is uh one the the cycle time being long substantially longer than than Ninja Gaiden or or more in line with like a Mega Man with the narrower fa- failure spectrum and lack of accessibility options those three things concurrently I think to me the the, the nostalgia monocle is 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 kind of like saying you know. Um, this this game is actually really more aligned with a, a NES game, but did it learn from the pitfalls of the NES games, this the Super Nintendo games, and then fix them? I feel that it repeated some of those errors where literally there's there's a barrier of entry to this game that if you're not good, which I clearly wasn't, um, then it will not be enjoyable. Um, I, I, I will say that there were a number of times when uh, Megan actually took a picture of me where I was just kind of glossy eyed and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, honestly, I, I don't feel I don't trust this game to not let me pour two minutes into this and then kill me unexpectedly again because of my lack of goodness um that being said is uh is what i I just i feel so unsafe what with my inability to play video games well (laughs) exactly right um but the uh the the one thing i will say though is that um i believe that this is the first time with a nostalgia game uh that we've played where we've actually differed on our opinion on it so i will ask for people who are listening um to to go out, get the game, and see which side of the fence you fall on, you know, because I'm not saying that uh, for sure that I'm right or that the Lions is right, but what I am saying is that this game is certainly worth, if you if you were thinking like, oh, I'm not sure if I should play this or not, I think it's worth a play if for no other reason than if you don't like it, try to figure out why, because I do think that it's worth it's worth the analysis and it's worth picking apart. Yeah. And, and if you like being good at video games, it's hard and you can try to be like me and be good at it. Or Look, man, can- you can you, you can keep giving me crap like you give me all episode long, but you know I'm just going to cut all this out, right? You know I'm just going to edit it edit it all out. Wait, you're going to I produce the episodes. Oh. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you've lost for a while. You gotta think back much less on how you saved the day. Then on all the experience gained.
on for the ride.